0: You are Locked On Chargers,
1: your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. Before we get started, we are two riders who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly during the season. And now this is our fourth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers Podcast, bringing you your team every day. Alright guys, well welcome into the show today, special thank you to all of our first time listeners, we really appreciate you guys giving us a shot, and as always a special thank you to all of our loyal fans coming back and checking in with us again. If you don't already, make sure to go subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts from as a daily show, that is always the fastest and easiest way to get it, but unfortunately we have to start the show on a more somber note again today, and it just sucks because it seems like, especially for Chargers fans, I mean... It's been a rough month, you know, like it's been a, a rough year so far. And today we have to talk about former Chargers guard Doug Moosey Wilkerson passing away at the age of 73. Obviously, we've had to talk about Marty Schottenheimer and the tragic death of Vincent Jackson. I mean, just so much to talk about. But this was a guy who just got unequaled praise from his teammates like Dan Fouts, Hank Bauer, and some of the other guys that were part of that Don Coryell air raid offense back in the 70s. And it's just something that we... Always like to try to make it a tribute to that person and kind of give their career highlights and just reflect on what great players that they were. And in this case, Doug Wilkerson was a really great player. But in the second and third segments, we're bringing in a new segment today because it is Tuesday. So we're going to be doing a Twitter Tuesday segment. And I have to thank you guys because we had a ton of questions for you guys. Too many questions, honestly. We weren't able to get to all of them, but I think almost everyone's questions will be answered in the ones we are. So we'll talk about how the Chargers are going to go about their running back position if we want to trade back from the 13th pick at this point, or if we're steadfast and wanting to stay with the number 13 pick. We'll also talk about what the Chargers do with you know guys like Michael Badgley and Ty Long who have underperformed and many, many more great questions. So stick around for the second and third segment to that, but let's go ahead and get into it. The Chargers family got some sad news on Monday when we found out that Chargers guard Doug Moosey Wilkerson passed away Sunday at the age of 73. In a statement from the Chargers website, Dean Spano said Moosey was one of a kind. A member of our Chargers Hall of Fame, the 40th and 50th anniversary teams, the Black College Football Hall of Fame, and three-time All-Pro. To say he was vital to the success of our Air Coryell era teams would be an understatement. Yet for everything he accomplished on the field, his regular visits to our facility during his retirement years were probably what everyone in our Chargers family will remember most. And this was a good time for me to kind of dig up who this guy was, because obviously I'm, I'm 28 years old, so I'm not super familiar with the old Chargers teams, but I've read up about him. I know about the air Coryell offense. I know how revolutionary that was, you know, for this Chargers team and, you know, all the people who really respect Dan Fouts. Is because of that era of football for the Chargers, and they were as relevant as they've really ever been in the NFL during those times, and from what I've read about this guy, this is a guy that was an outstanding player, an outstanding person, and somebody that was just a mainstay in one of the best eras of Chargers football, David.
0: Quite clearly. I mean, you look at this guy and it's just consistency. He played 15 seasons in the NFL and 14 of those were for the San Diego Chargers. And I mean, he was a a guy who played on the offensive line from 1971 all the way to 1984. That's 204 games and 195 starts. That is absolutely unheard of in today's football. You just don't see that. In a game where you have a shelf life for players that is probably three to four years at best on average, to get a guy who gives you almost a decade and a half of not just good but great play on the offensive line is absolutely unheard of, The just the model of consistency, that's something that this this Chargers team right now would love to have. They don't have a guy on this current Chargers offensive line that's been with the team longer than four years. So to have a guy like this in your history and Doug Moosey Wilkerson that gave you his absolute, absolute all for that amount of time. That is someone who was treasured in the Chargers organization and somebody you if you're an offensive lineman, you want to model your game after with that level of performance and that level of availability. Doug Moosey Wilkerson will absolutely be sorely missed.
1: Yeah, and he's not a Hall of Famer, but his former Hall of Fame teammate, Charlie Joyner, said he should definitely be in there. And with someone like this, especially for someone who played in a different era, I mean, I think the way that you get the best representation of who that person was is by hearing from his teammates. And his teammates really have, you know, shown an outpouring of emotion and respect for Doug Wilkerson. I mean, they called him Bull Moose for a reason, as Dan Fout said. I mean, he was just a guy that was... Super strong, super athletic. They have also talked about the fact that he wasn't just a old school offensive lineman. I mean, this was a guy who was big, strong, fast, playing on one of the better offensive lines for the Chargers and playing with some other really great offensive linemen. But David, really, in seeing a lot of the quotes that we've seen from his former teammates, you kind of get an idea of how special a player Doug Wilkerson was.
0: Yeah, and I, I, like you, don't know much or did not know much about Doug Wilkerson because I am only 29 along with you being 28. So we had to deep, uh, dig a little bit deeper into Doug Wilkerson, and we kind of get that idea with getting an idea – we kind of get a better picture – of who Doug Wilkerson was by hearing what his teammates say about him, and I think we have to start with the quarterback, and that's Dan Fouts. He said, you think about Donnie and Ed and Moosey protecting the most vulnerable spots in a pass rush, and that's right up the middle. The three of them worked in concert beautifully and protected me from guys like Mean Joe Green and Howie Long and Reuben Carter, and the list goes on and on. I owe so much to those guys. And that was in an era where the NFL was transitioning from running to passing and throwing the football down the football field. I mean, that really started with this offense and this quarterback, and Dan Fouts would not have been able to have anywhere near the success that he was able to have in his Hall of Fame career without having high-quality offensive linemen like Doug Wilkerson protecting him and also opening up holes for guys like running back, former running back Hank Bauer. And Hank Bauer said, he was part of the greatest offense, arguably, in the history of the game. He was a big part of it and a part of, no doubt, the most underrated offensive line in the history of the NFL. That was a great offensive line. Like I said before, the Chargers would die to have an offensive lineman of this quality of this medal on this current Chargers offensive line, so... The things that Hank Bauer and Dan Fouts said about Doug Wilkerson makes me want to go back and watch more film on what this guy was able to do. But uh, unfortunately, we have to say goodbye to Doug Wilkerson, and all our thoughts and our prayers go out to his friends and his family. May he rest in peace.
1: Yeah, and as Dan Fouts put it, I mean, obviously, quarterbacks have a special relationship with their offensive line. He talked about just the fact and that this guy kept going out there over and over again and giving his own... All- to protect Dan Fouts and he just said it's left a big hole in his heart but I mean to play every single game with the Chargers that's just something that's unheard of in a time where the medical services allowed to these players was nowhere near what it is today I mean you can only imagine the type of toughness this guy had to show to play through all those games because I almost guarantee there was a bunch of injuries along the way so for him to persevere do what he was able to do, make the Black College Football Hall of Fame, to be able to be a three-time All-Pro, to be a two-time Pro Bowler, getting named to all of the best Chargers teams of all time. I mean, this guy was a great player and a great man by all accounts, and the world is definitely going to miss him, and I think we all need more players like Doug Moosey Wilkerson, and he's a name in Chargers land that will never be forgotten. But we do have two more segments to get into because it is Twitter Tuesday, So we're going to open it up to you guys, get you guys involved in the show, and get your questions on the show. And we have a lot of good questions. So in the next segment, we'll be talking about if the Chargers should trade back from their pick, what they're going to do at running back and in the kicking game coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that our official betting sponsor for the Lockdown Chargers podcast is BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. If you guys are getting the itch to put a bet on something, whether it's sports or even awards, TV shows, or reality TV, the best place to do it is betonline.ag. If you guys only like betting on football, that's fine because there's a ton of future bets that you guys can choose from as far as what the Chargers are going to do in the upcoming season, if they're going to win the AFC West, if they're going to win the Super Bowl, or even stuff that's happened currently like how many games is Jalen Hurts going to start? You know How is Carson Wentz going to do? So much to bet on only at betonline.ag, and all you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and they will give you some free money to play with because you can get a 50% welcome bonus. All you have to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, to get free money, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. All right, guys, we're very excited to drop this new Twitter Tuesday segment, something that if we can keep the questions coming in regularly, we'd be happy to keep doing this every week for you guys, because obviously there might be news and other things that push it around, but we've always liked getting you guys involved in the show, and we like doing the voicemail segment too, and we'll continue to keep doing the voicemail segment, but you guys really poured out today to help us out with this show and to get you guys on the show and brought a lot of really good questions, and we're going to start today was Zach Marinchich who asked, are we keeping Badgley and Long around for next season? Badgley was obviously bad, and Long wasn't anything special. So, David, I'll open it up to you first before I give my answer. What do you think is going to happen in the Chargers' kicking game? Because it's one thing that Brandon Staley has brought up specifically, the kicking game, many, many times.
0: Yeah, I mean, if I'm Brandon Saley in the Chargers organization, I'm taking a very long, healthy look at the kicking game, both the kicker and the punter, because Michael Badgley was very bad last year. He missed like 11 kicks, that field goals and extra points, And that's just simply the worst of his career and just not at an NFL level. It's just not something you can put out there. And he just wasn't a confident person towards the end of the season. You just didn't have, and you didn't have a lot of confidence in his ability to go out there and make his kicks. And that really affected how Anthony Lynn played and coached the game sometimes. So, yeah, I think the Chargers are not married to Michael Badgley or Ty Long anymore because that kind of allegiance, I think, was more so with Anthony Lynn, because he definitely gave Michael Badgley a lot of rope. Uh, I think with Brandon Staley and this new organization with a new special teams coach, they should take a deep evaluation of these guys and really bring in a lot of competition for training camp to see if they are the right guys now this new coaching staff could come in and write the ship and improve both of these guys you never know but i think the smartest thing to do right now is to bring in competition and try to get some better production out of a special teams unit that was simply unacceptable last year
1: it was the worst special teams unit since the year 2000 i mean it was absolutely brutal in the chargers punting game was the worst in the NFL and a lot of that had to do with coverage and stuff. It didn't all have to do with, you know, how far Ty Long was kicking it, but Michael Badgley wasn't much better and was part of that, you know, terrible unit. And he just frankly wasn't good enough to be a team's starting kicker. And I think now that you have a new coach in Brandon Staley, a guy who's obviously putting a lot of importance on special teams, especially seeing, you know, how his predecessor went down in Anthony Lynn, right? I mean, you have to get that fixed or you're going to be doomed to have the same fate, so I would be absolutely shocked if the Chargers didn't come into this camp with at least two punters and two kickers. I do think two of those guys will obviously be Michael Badgley and Ty Long, and obviously Ty Long brings the added element of being able to kick field goals right, in case your kicker goes down for whatever reason, but if you have a good kicker, you're usually not having to worry about that, so that should be far on the back burner, but I think both of these guys will have competition and I think both of them are going to start with a fresh slate, but there's also not going to be any preferential treatment to those guys because, frankly, they just didn't get it done. But let's get to the next question here. Now we're going to be going out to Andrew Donnelly, who asks, what do we do at running back? They have a star in Austin Eckler. Do they keep the status quo? Do they try to keep Balage? or are they trying to go with a rookie free agent? So there is an option obviously you didn't have on here, which is drafting a running back. And we've seen the Chargers, you know, already meet with a guy like Jarrett Patterson from Buffalo. And that's, you know, a later on pick, probably a day three pick. If they are going to draft a running back, I think that's around the area that you want to do it. I don't think you need to spend you know meaningful draft capital on the running back position. Kalen Bellage, I think, is a guy that, especially with a new coaching staff like we talked about, it's like, yeah, maybe you bring him in after the dust settles and you're not happy with who you have. Right now, we know it's Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, and Josh Kelly. Austin Eckler and jo- Justin Jackson both have significant injury history. Josh Kelly, you know, after week four... Didn't have a good game, right? I mean, for the rest of the season after we thought, oh, hey, this is the guy that's going to come in, be the bruiser, be a guy who's going to be, you know, four or five yards in a cloud of dust. And it just didn't happen after a couple of fumbles. So I do think something has to be added to this running back room. But I think if you can find somebody late in the draft or if you can find an undrafted free agent, an undrafted free agent to get value out of, I think that's the way to go.
0: I completely agree. The Chargers have several picks in this in this draft too. I mean I think they have nine draft picks. Two sixth round so picks, the- too. Yeah, exactly. 2-6 round picks and honestly, I think that 6 rounds probably right where I would target a running back because there are there's only so many positions that you're realistically going to address with starters in the draft. So you do have to start thinking about some other positions that you could abs- add some depth or just inject some some new youth or ability into that position group like the running back position. You look at Austin Eckler, and you love what you see obviously. You're not even considering that. You go behind him to Justin Jackson, like you said, he gets hurt a lot, and they don't have a lot of money tied up into him. They have no commitment to Kalen Bellage. There's no relationship there either. So I do think this is a position that they will add to, uh, but I would – I would either like it to be an undrafted free agent or a late round draft pick, uh, and a guy who has a more you know a bigger, more physical profile that can get some of those tough yards. Uh, we'll see what Brandon Staley has to do with that
1: position. Well, that's the interesting thing is Jarrett Patterson, although he didn't catch a lot of passes, doesn't fit that physical profile. So it'll be interesting to see how they do. It. Obviously, with the Rams, they didn't really have a lot of guys with clearly defined roles. You know, whether it was DeBrell Henderson or you know Cam Akers. But they used them all, right? I mean, they it was definitely a running back by committee after Todd Gurley left. So it'll be interesting to see how this specific coaching staff wants to deploy these running backs and what kind of running back they are looking for, you know. So that'll be very interesting to see. So let's get to the next question. This one comes from Craig in Texas. The tweet didn't say that, but obviously he's one of our favorite voicemail callers. And he brings up a pick I'm sure is on a lot of people's minds. And that is, Do you stick and pick at 13, or do you trade back for an additional second or third? I'm about to trade back if Slater isn't on the board. So, I think obviously you probably would say, you know, Sewell as well, as as far as, you know, if that guy's there, you're still running up to the podium and taking that guy. I mean, if the options are Christian Derrissaw, Elijah Vera Tucker, or Samuel Cosme, I mean, maybe... You want to trade back and hope you can get one of those guys to fall to you and then add a meaningful pick, you know, second or third round picks. Those are guys who can come in and be major contributors potentially. So I think I'm going along the same lines as you, Craig. I think if one of those no doubt about it guys is there, maybe if one of those top two corners falls to you, you have to think about it a little bit longer. If you have a chance to really solidify that position and then maybe, you know, you try to trade back up in the second round, if you feel like you have to, to get a guy like Dylan Radins who I really like, but I think I'm along those same lines, David. For me, it just all depends on what they're doing free agency.
0: Obviously we, we can say what we want them to do right now, but the plan is unclear and there's still other things that need to be sure. done, but I don't think it's that cut and dry for me at 13. I think if one of the better pass rushers is there at 13, I'm definitely thinking about it. I mean, it. you might one have be better corners at is there. Pass
1: rusher at that point. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, Pay definitely still could be in play. I mean, You probably would have your choice at the best pass rusher, but that doesn't mean you wouldn't a couple picks later, too.
0: Right, and of course, that's definitely the question. But that's why it's not as simple as you know. if This guy, if this is the only guy on my board that's there, it, there's it's just not there yet for me. There's several guys. There's several options that right now it would be happy to take. But again, that could change. We got to get more into the draft prep and everything. But for me, it's not as simple as if Slater's not there, I'm I'm trading. Although I like the the prospects of adding more picks too, because. You know, you you could in the first three rounds get several starters if you do, you know, draft if you do trade that thirteenth pick and pick up another second or third, you can address multiple positions with solid guys, but you might miss out on a home run type uh, in the first round.
1: Well, and it gives you more flexibility to move around the draft if you trade back to to get more aggressive and going for guys that are on your board, and you have. Marked very highly that might be going a few slots ahead of you so it does give you a lot of flexibility in that sense if it's Rayshon Slater there I'm going to just you know take that fix my offensive line have a guy that even if you bring in a tackle in free agency can kick inside and be a really good guard I believe as well until you know Brian Bulaga moves on or something like that then you can maybe move him over to the right side obviously he played left tackle but I think if Rashawn Slater's there, I think you have to take him because after you've seen him, you know, manhandle some of the players, we saw him go up against the pedigree of players we've seen him in action against and what those guys are doing at the NFL level now. If you have a chance at that guy, I think you, you know, you go up there and you don't think about trading back and you take that guy and fix a big hole on your offensive line, you know, agree. And and add hopefully more than that later on in the draft. But we do have three more questions to get into so in the next segment of our twitter tuesday show we're going to be getting into which players are most likely to go follow gus bradley to las vegas as well as you know who the chargers are thinking about bringing in for a backup quarterback and we're going to get into that coming up right after this but first i need to tell you guys if you ever need any kind of auto part there's only one place to go and if i haven't drilled it into your guys's head at this point i'm going to right now it's rockauto.com and i know because I've been so frustrated at chain storefronts. I've been so frustrated trying to use other websites online and with rockauto.com, you can find the part that you need. You can get it in a few easy clicks and most importantly, they're going to deliver it right to your doorstep. A couple weeks ago, I got a new alternator for my fiance's Camry. I've used it a bunch of times and the best thing is, is my stepdad's a mechanic. So he knows if you're getting a great price on things. I took it to him. I said, hey, am I getting the best price on this? He said, yes. And that's something that they always tell people, whether you're a daily driver or a mechanic, everybody gets the same low price at rockauto.com. All you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts of your car will ever need rockauto.com. All right, guys, well, it's time to get into our final segment. We're going to be getting into a few things, including, you know, John Johnson and how we feel about bringing him in. We're also going to talk about the Chargers backup quarterback situation and if they feel good about Easton Stick being the backup, which is a conversation that me, you, and John have actually had off the air. And I'm excited to get into that. But I do want to start with this because as much as we want to talk about, hey, you know, Brandon Staley could be targeting Von Miller because he used to coach him. He could be targeting someone like, John Johnson, because he played for him, and all those guys would make sense for their own different reasons, but the fact of the matter is the Chargers lost their defensive coordinator, Gus Bradley, to the Raiders, and there could be some guys who want to follow him to Las Vegas. So, David, as you're looking at this very early on in the process before free agency is started, who are the guys you think are most likely to follow Gus Bradley to Las Vegas? So, this
0: might surprise some people, but one name comes to mind, and the reason for that is... I consider who played the majority of their career with Gus Bradley as their main defensive coordinator. And the guy that comes to mind, honestly, for me is Rayshon Jenkins, because Rayshon Jenkins could move on from the Chargers and he could easily go over to the Raiders and get paid a good, decent amount of money. To go play over there, he's a versatile guy, can play free safety, can play strong safety. He learned that versatility under Gus Bradley, had some success under Gus Bradley. So that's one name just straight off the bat that I could easily see trading his lightning bolts in for
1: silver and black. Yeah, I think that's the easiest pick to me, to be honest. When you think about, you know, obviously the fact that the two years he's had as a starter, he's played pretty well under Gus Bradley, has played both positions for Gus Bradley, and then you also think about the need for the Raiders at that position, and I think that is something that is just as important, and guess what? They need safety help, so it would make a lot of sense for Rayshon Jenkins to follow Gus Bradley to Las Vegas. Obviously, we've seen other names floated around there, like potentially Melvin Ingram. Obviously, you know Michael Davis better knock it out of the Chargers building, but you can sure as hell think that if Gus Bradley has his way, I know he would like to bring Michael Davis in. That is worst case oh, scenario. Oh yeah, he
0: has the prototypical size and strength and speed that Gus Bradley salivates about.
1: Yeah, and he knows how to make plays on the football. He has pretty good closing speed. I mean, all things that work in Gus Bradley's defense. I mean, Michael Davis just had a career year. He did it in a different defense than the one he's going to be playing in in 2021. You just have to hope Braden daily with a guy like that with, that, with that athleticism, with what he's been able to do is going to find a way to make it work, obviously, and he'll still be. A top priority but those are definitely the names to look at and I think if the Chargers don't bring back some of these guys and you know maybe Denzel Perryman it's hard to think they're going to spend money on linebackers after going all out for Corey Littleton last year or even Nick whitekowski but I mean that's another guy that would make some sense to go over there as well so we'll see what happens but it's definitely something to think about let's get into the next one here and I almost forgot thank you to Andreas Rivera for sending in that question I think that is a very very good question so Let's get to the next one here, and I'm going to do my best with these next couple of names. It's definitely going to test me. So this next one we have is from Zachary Esperacueta, who asks, Do you guys think we'll add another decent quarterback to back up Herbert or stick, no pun intended, with Easton and possibly draft one in the rounds of six or seven? So that was a great, you know, I, I don't believe you that the pun wasn't intended. You know, actually, no, maybe it was because you definitely are sticking with stick or possibly drafting another quarterback. This is something we've argued about a lot off the air, and I think me and John have differing opinions there because he thinks that they would be okay with leaving Easton Stick as their backup quarterback. I'm not buying it at all. I would be very surprised if the Chargers do not go and get a veteran quarterback of some sort. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be a Ryan Fitzpatrick or a very high-profile guy, but you have a second-year quarterback in Justin Herbert, You have an Easton stick, a fifth-round pick from a couple of years ago as the primary backup right now with Tyrod Taylor being a free agent. He has played in one preseason. He went out in the game to get some game action. The Chargers burned a timeout instead of letting him run a play. His only other play was a design quarterback run that I think went for negative two yards. So to think that you saw enough in the preseason where he had as many interceptions as he had touchdowns in that preseason, even though he was electric, I will give him that. He looked like a playmaker. It's hard to think that. Brandon Staley, a coaching staff that was not there when Easton Stick was drafted, is going to look at that and be like, hey, you know, we're set after Justin Herbert. I mean, we've seen it before with some other teams going younger at the backup quarterback position, but especially with the COVID whole situation still in the air and the possibility of close contacts or something like that taking somebody out of the game, I absolutely think the Chargers are bringing in a veteran backup quarterback. If there's a (laughs)
0: betonline.ag spread that says the Chargers are going to bring in a veteran quarterback or not, you definitely want to take the fact that they're going to bring in a veteran quarterback. It's honestly, to me, it's a foregone conclusion. It's going to happen. There's no way on God's green earth they're going to go into this next season with Easton Stick, another rookie-type quarterback that they would get out of the draft, and Justin Herbert. Sorry, no chance in hell. They are absolutely going to bring in one of those career type backup type guys to be there in case something happens. Like you said, last year the Chargers would rather burn a timeout than let Easton stick run an actual play in an actual game. So, sorry, uh but there's no way they're
1: not going to go out there and get a veteran quarterback. I would find that hard to believe. I mean, obviously we saw John Wolford taking snaps for the Rams last year so maybe he'll be you know taking a page out of Sean McVay's book as far as who his backups are going to be I mean it was him and Blake Bortles at one point hey maybe they bring in Blake Bortles I know that's a name everyone can get excited about but no I just think that especially given the current climate especially thinking about being able to bring in someone who can be another mentor to Justin Herbert even though they have about 65 coaches that have been former quarterbacks I think that has to be the way that they go I don't necessarily think a Tyrod Taylor reunion is going to happen, though. That would be very surprising, given that whole situation. Obviously, he was very tight with Anthony Lynn as well. But we do have one more question to get into. Another one. Gonna try my best with the name. This one's from Arvind Adapali, who says, "Hey guys, love the show. So I've heard rumors that the Chargers are targeting John Johnson as a free safety to pair with Derwin. Just wanted to get your thoughts on what you think of moving Adderley to corner. He played corner at a high level at Delaware." P.S. for John Hookham Horns. Luckily, we don't have Homer John in here with his, you know, horns down type stuff, but <laughs> I'm sure he'll appreciate that. Anyways, this is something we've talked oh, he's about he's going to love that. Yeah, he's going to hate the fact that I just said horns down. He does not like when I do that. We'll see if he listens to the <laughs> show. But <laughs> this is a, a great question. I'm in the middle of writing an article about why the Chargers should bring in John Johnson, and I think the Rayshon Jenkins thing, hey, if he goes to the Raiders, it hurts less if you're bringing in John Johnson, because the Chargers obviously need an insurance policy for Derwin James, who gets hurt, you know, two out of the first three seasons that he's been in the league. He's a guy that can play both positions at safety. He can be a free safety or a strong safety. And with Brandon Staley's defense, you're going to get two safety looks a lot. So it's not as cut and dry as one guy's going to drop. One guy's going to be up near the line of scrimmage as it was with Gus Bradley. But this guy, I mean, played phenomenally for Brandon Staley. He was the guy calling the plays. He had the green dot in his helmet. You could tell David when you were hearing him talk about it with Chris Collinsworth and Richard Sherman, who Richard Sherman could not believe that he had a safety out there. You know, oh, he was gushing over it. He loved it. Oh yeah, no, I mean he he, he couldn't believe it, and he was you know basically said that hey, you know in today's NFL the safeties are the ones really doing most of the communication, and for the Rams that was him, Jalen Ramsey. You know talked about how much of an impact John Johnson had on his stellar season. In 2020. I mean, wherever you look, it's hard to find a knock on this guy. He allowed, you know, somewhere around 18 yards per game receiving this last season with the Rams. He allowed just four and a half yards per target. The quarterback rating when quarterbacks tried to target him was 71.9. He gave up zero touchdowns. I mean, this guy was in a dominant. Yeah, that's that's dominant. He makes plays on the football. Last year he only had one pick, but in four seasons, he has eight interceptions. And the other thing is, is in three of his four seasons, besides, you know, 2019, he played in all 16 games, which has to be an attractive feat as well to the Chargers. So the next thing becomes, David, what are you going to get from Nazir Adderley at corner? Yeah, I mean, that's the question, right? But if I'm Nazir
0: Adderley, I'm going up to the coaching coaches and saying, yes, switch me over to corner because that only adds to his versatility and in the NFL versatility gets you paid especially on on the defensive side of the ball so yeah he had his first you know real year last year at safety and it didn't go well right you know i think it's not fair to call him a bust i think it's way too early for that But, uh, and, you know, of course, we were guys on here that were pounding the table for Nazir Adderley, and he didn't go out there and perform. So, when our defense
1: did come out and say, him and Derwin James are going to be the best safety tandem in the league, so that's kind of his fault. (laughs) He definitely did. He set some probably unrealistic expectations out of the
0: gate, but you got to love that kind of swagger, that confidence, that you know, you got to have when you're playing in the NFL, but yeah, I would love to see them try to switch him to corner and see if he can go out there and play that position. He has the ball skills. He has the awareness. He has the speed, I think to be able to do that. So, and the chargers have a, a, an, deficiency at the cornerback position. So th- I would like to see that happen. I'd like to see if you can go out there and play it at a capable level. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, it doesn't work out and then you have another backup safety. So yep. uh I mean I like it. Uh, just give it a shot. Let the versatility uh try to win out here.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure Brandon Saley, you know, has at least thought to himself, you know, maybe if this guy has less responsibility is the, you know, not the single high safety on our defense. Maybe he's getting to some of those passes he was a step short of getting to in 2020, right? So I think there's a good chance he could improve in the new system. But more than that, if you move him to corner or if you just have him on the roster, now you have a backup safety who has playing experience and you feel okay about. And you also have more depth at the cornerback position, which is a huge need for the Chargers at this point. And a good, and a good kick returner. A
0: guy that showed some flashes <laughs> last year of
1: really flipping some field positions Yeah, I mean, his kick returning abilities, I mean... <laughs> He was the best charge kick returner by far, and I thought Joe Reed, you know, in the limited opportunities, especially early on, was good in that role, right? So I think that Nazir Andrew I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, this guy's going to have a total 180, but I do think he's a valuable contributor on this defense with Brandon Saly. and I think having that extra guy who you can put at nickel, who you can put at safety, a lot of things they did with John Johnson as well, that brings versatility to... That brings value, and another shout out to Craig, I saw this on Twitter today, just him saying, you know, Bran Staley's a guy who wants to be multiple, he wants to be have versatile guys on his team, Nazir Adderley fits that role right now, and you might be able to get some more out of him at the cornerback position, I think it's something they definitely have to think about, definitely have to try out during this training camp to see what he's got there, because he could be, you know, hidden depth at that position, which is something we're pretty concerned about the depth at cornerback with two corners that are over the age of 30 with each one year left on their contract so I think that is a great point another great question you guys really brought it for us today and I can't tell you how much I appreciate it we've had posts go out there that you know we have to keep reposting a couple times a day just because you know it's so up and down sometimes with the replies so We love having you guys be a part of the show. We're going to love bringing you guys Twitter Tuesday, so keep the questions coming in, and we'll keep putting them on the show. So that is going to do it for today's show. We will be back with you guys tomorrow, and we are working on getting a couple of big guests. We should be able to have... One of the guys the Chargers have met with, one of their draft prospects, Mike Straken, on the show, the big wide receiver that we talked about in on one of the earlier shows. We are setting that up currently. Don't know if it'll be on tomorrow's show, but that will be coming soon. Until then, guys, make sure to go follow us on Twitter if you don't already at Locked On LAC. Make sure to go like the Facebook page at Locked On Chargers and shoot us a follow on our new Instagram page at Locked On Chargers as well. We would really appreciate it. If you guys don't subscribe to the show, you can find it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast from, you can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. And if you guys would rate and review, give us a little bit of a boost to our ratings, we would definitely really appreciate that as well. If you guys want to get your voicemails on the show, the number is 323-524-7924. And we'll definitely be doing another voicemail show soon. So that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bulls.